1: Hello, Kules. Welcome to Barça Talk. I'm your host, Gabriel Quiroga, here in the Spanish capital. In today's episode, we have Troy Cadet joining me as we talk about FC Barcelona's huge victory last night against Sevilla with a 1-0 victory. Before we get to that conversation, just want to let you know about two quick things in our Barça Talk community. The first thing, Barça Talk weekend is approximately 47 days away. It's going to be happening the May 21st weekend. We are attending the Via Real match on May 22nd. And the night before on Saturday, we're going to do a meetup at a bar. We're still working out the details, but as soon as we get that figured out, we will share that. And again, this is for anyone who's in Barcelona for that weekend. Come join us. Again, I'll put the information on social media as well as on our website, so you can check that out. But everyone is, is welcome to join. should be pretty fun, uh, especially, I, th- I believe it's the last match of the season. So if you are in Barcelona or headed towards it, or looking for a reason to come to Barcelona, uh, come join us for our Barça Talk weekend. The second thing is I want to let you know about today's sponsor, Surfshark. Does this sound familiar? This video is not available in your location. This drives me absolutely crazy. As you know, I'm a huge sports nut. I'm an American living abroad, and this is a message I usually get often before I had Surfshark. Let me tell you a quick story. This past weekend, I really wanted to watch the Final Four. I love watching the Final Four basketball. And again, I have Surfshark installed on my Amazon Fire Stick, and I was able to watch the Final Four by using Surfshark and using my location as the United States. And it was brilliant. I had no issues, worked really well, and more importantly, I got to watch the Final Four uninterrupted without any issues. As you also know, I told you earlier in past episodes about my other guilty pleasure about 90 Day Fiance, and again, no issues using the TLC app because Surfshark's integration with Google Chrome is so easy and seamless. As you know, I've been test driving Surfshark VPN, you know, probably since February. And all I can say is this product is amazing. It works flawlessly. It works on your Google Chrome extension. You can use the website. You can use it on many different apps, mobile app as well. I mean, it works flawlessly. As a techie, I love when things just work perfectly and really easy to use. And Surfshark VPN checks all those boxes. Not only can you use Surfshark VPN to watch the final four, but there are other various benefits to having a quality VPN. A VPN doesn't only increase online privacy, which you need, trust me. It also helps you avoid hackers. It also helps you access entertainment because the content you see is limited by your geographic location. But if you use a quality VPN, you can change your virtual location and forget about restrictions and censorship. Can't find what to watch on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus or other streaming platforms? Unlock new libraries with a VPN. Can't watch a YouTube video? Connect to a different location with a VPN. As I've told you before, this was an issue with Saturday Night Live. I was unable to watch Saturday Night Live without a VPN on YouTube here in Spain. Now with Surfshark, I'm able to watch weekend update every weekend, and it's awesome. So try Surfshark risk free with a 30 day money back guarantee. Get Surfshark VPN at Surfshark.deals Barca. Enter promo code BARSA for 83% off and three extra months for free. You heard me right, three extra months for free. That's surfshark.deals slash BARSA. The link is in the show notes, and get to surfing. After the break, Troy and I discussed BARSA's professional victory last night at the Camp Nou
0: That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW Group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're jumping on board
1: here right after the barcelona Sevilla match where Barcelona got the three points. They beat Sevilla 1-0. And before we deep dive kind of into that match, I just want to touch on two little things that kind of uh, came over the news this week. Obviously, we had the Femini match, the massive match on Uh, Wednesday night I just kind of want to get your thoughts especially you know living outside of Spain uh, what did it what did it feel like uh, coming from the States and watching it and you know give me kind of your lasting impression of that match
0: yeah I mean well first of all 91,553 people in the stands was you know something else I think that the the prior record was the World Cup final I think in you know LA I think it was actually I forget what year it was but um and i've said it many times you know girl soccer over here especially on the youth side on um, uh, i would say the professional side adult side is lacking but on the girl side over here in the us um the soccer is really big i mean thousands if not millions of girls play soccer over here so uh so i think in some some aspects we are you know in the us a little bit ahead of where europe is on the female side which is Obviously, a drastic change from the men's side. But so to see that uh, signals a couple different things. Obviously, the first and most important is the world is recognizing, you know, the total globe is recognizing the importance of, you know, female sports. And obviously, we're talking about football slash soccer here. So uh, and to have obviously, since we are all all uh, Barcelona fans to have Barcelona leading that that way leading the path, especially over in Europe, is just fantastic. And to see that many people fill up that stadium, you know, for for that match and obviously get a W uh, against Madrid of all teams, I mean, you couldn't have asked for a, a better scenario and a better outcome. And, uh, you know, you could just – all it does is make you, you know, desire to see what, you know, continues to happen with that program, with everything they've done, setting up a La Masia for, the, for the for the girls – and obviously dominating the season as they, as they have. And as we've talked about many times being the light of Barcelona as the men's side, you know, the last couple of years have gone through, you know, the mud, the sewer, and uh, obviously are on their way back, but the the feminine were leading the charge for the, for the club, you know, the past couple of years. So, um, a lot of things there, but just, it was just amazing to see. I, I couldn't believe seeing all those people in that stadium amazing
1: yeah and also uh on friday we talked to mariana who went to the match and she had a great recounting of the whole experience and how she was able to go to the match so yeah i just wanted i was just curious to kind of get your your last thoughts especially outside of the spanish bubble here because you know it was really a big deal here obviously not only sports-wise, but also in the news just because it was uh, a women's match, you know, that got the record. So, so just I was just curious to kind of get your your opinion on that. And really quick before we get into the match, the last uh, kind of minor, not I would say minor detail, but detail before the match day was that the Spotify deal did get ratified, and so that is an official thing that next season Spotify will be an official sponsorship with uh, FC Barcelona, which includes the men's and women's shirts and obviously the new uh, stadium name. What do you think about the stadium name? I know you're like like I was saying before, for me as an American, it's kind of second nature. It's not a big deal. But yeah. I did see a lot of kind of pushback on Twitter a little bit. You know, obviously people are, you know, are romantic about the camp. No, not having that. But again, I, I'm i surprised it didn't happen sooner. And yeah. obviously we need the deal. So to me, it's not a big deal. I'm glad it got ratified. And most importantly, I'm really excited about the profit sharing that's going to happen for the women's side as well. Same, you know, getting the jersey, just helping the club as a whole altogether. together.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah. As an American, obviously, we every stadium here, you know, in professional sports has a name on it. So for me, it wasn't a big deal. And for those people who, you know, certainly love the Camp New name, no one's going to make you say it any differently. Like there's (laughs) nobody's handing out tickets. If you if you don't call it Spotify Camp New. it'll be on, you know, it'll be on the obviously on the side of the stadium, things like that. But it's the same thing. But uh, a money injection desperately needed for this club to continue to get back on its feet. And not only just money, but it'll be very interesting to see what this means for Barcelona as a whole. As you start to see them do things with these jerseys on the men's end, like you said, the women's side, where they're putting the different artists, you know, whatever, maybe, you know, advertisements or whatever. And as the two entities commingle themselves, obviously Spotify is the biggest platform out there for streaming your music and your podcasts and things like that. Um, And so to to commingle those two, just uh, again, just you know, solidifies that Barcelona is the center of the soccer world by far, football world by far. And this is just going to be a a deal that'll, like I said, will continue to. To get us back on a, on on our feet and take us into the future of of sponsorships like this, so I didn't I didn't uh, think that there would be any issues whatsoever getting this passed uh, uh, and voted on. So um, really, no surprise that it was done. Just I'm I'm it's just great to see that it's done now, so we can get this moving forward and and start to see the the benefits of it.
1: Yeah, and again, I think it just. Like you said, getting back on our feet with this, you know, yeah. not only uh, having the feminine match bring in 90,000 people that can also be an yeah. added revenue stream in the future for future important matches, but also the Spotify deal. All right, enough yep. of the minor <laughs> chit chat. Let's get into the match. We just finished watching the Sevilla yeah. Barcelona match. Barcelona were victorious. And I, and, you know, obviously we have to just start with one one part, right? I mean, that's, yep. that's really just pedri. And yep. I want to kind of take us on a little bit of a story here because today, earlier before the match, I was watching a little bit of tennis while we were waiting for the Barcelona match and there is a Spanish tennis prodigy out there that's just coming out, Carlos Alcaraz, right? And he's yeah. 18 years old and today he just won his first uh, ATP tour in Miami and we were watching, yeah. my friend and I were just in awe of this kid. Just the, First of all, he's a physical specimen but like he just doesn't seem 18 years old, right? Just yeah. not making mistakes what you would think as a young Athlete would make, you know, just just relying purely on physique and physical talent. So Carlos wins the tournament, and I was, we were commenting. My friend and I were just saying, "Wow, this it's incredible." Spain just produces these prodigy tennis players. I mean, he's basically going to take the torch from and and What I'm what I'm going to go with this is Pedri. To me, is this Spanish midfielder that's taking the torch at this young age. I mean, what he did today, not only with the goal, but just again. The way that he continues to handle this midfield at 19 years old. I have to say that out loud again. 19 (laughs) years old. 19 years old, I was working a part-time job. Like, I can't get over this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what a performance again tonight. He put in, you know, one of the better, you know, I would say one of the best performances of the team tonight. Obviously, scoring the goal will go into the goal in a second. But, I mean, how... Do we not just continue to be surprised by his performances? You know, I I saw on Twitter, too, is like, we just need to send, you know, uh, the team that he came from just continual flowers for what we were able to get from him. Because the find that we were able to get from this and also I'm just so excited about this player. You know, the last time we talked, obviously, was after the Classico and we were saying we were back and we're back. But now... I just I'm I'm so excited about this player and about the future and it's really hard not to get caught up in that in Messi comparisons cuz he just yeah. slows down everything. Enough of from me, what about you? I mean I mean, you just, <laughs> yeah. are you just as, I mean I know you're as impressed as I am but again it's just yeah. it's one of those things especially in this big match, right? We wanted the three points tonight. It was a big match and Pedri was able to deliver yet again and get the goal to win the match.
0: Yeah. Well, a couple a couple, couple different things. I think in one of the previous podcasts we were talking about hey Barcelona needs somebody to step up, right? We don't have anybody that is willing to lead the charge. Every we're playing great, right? No, we're not I'm not saying that we're not playing great, but you always have to have a leader. And I, I can certainly understand how a 19-year-old kid's not going to say, "Hey, I, that's me. I'm I'm the leader." But his play says otherwise, right? Because not only did he score that goal, which was a Galazzo, Which was, you look at, it's going to be on every highlight reel again, just like his goal was a couple weeks ago. Almost the same thing, albeit that one was a little bit closer. This one was, you know, much farther out. But the biggest thing in that goal, and so we'll certainly celebrate that. But the biggest thing for me was Pedri was leading the charge on the press, and he would, and if there was ever a ball that was lost, anything around him, he would go full speed ahead. And he's not a Gavi type where he's got a, you know, brute force get in there. He's just so tricky with his feet that, you know, he can get close to somebody and then use his footwork and then just scrap that ball away from him and then, uh, you know, and then obviously we're back on offense the way that we're supposed to be doing. So not, so again, and and he's also commanding the movement of play that's happening in that middle field, okay? So he's getting the ball, he's, you know, sp- you know switching it, spreading it to the, to the deep side. He's, so Nineteen years old, like you said, like it's amazing. And and talk about the story, right? Not and we had this in our in our WhatsApp chat uh, chat a couple weeks ago. Not a La Masia player, okay? Of all the things that Bartomeu did while he's here, this is what the one bonus or the one good thing that he did. I and I I know there's a story around how Pedri got here. I don't remember how it was. I did watch like some of those episodes on Barca TV about how he got here. I certainly know that his dad started the pena uh, where he's from down there, and they, you know, ran a a bar slash re- restaurant or whatever where they started out of. Uh, and I do know that the kid is probably the most humble, you know, superstar. Let's just say he's a he's a superstar right now. He's not has the potential. He is a superstar right now, and so he's certainly got a fantastic story to you know parlay his. You know how he's playing with with Barcelona right now, so uh, it's fantastic. And like he's in the biggest thing. Nineteen years old, he's going to wear that kit for another ten years, and so we're going to get to enjoy him uh, uh, for a very long time.
1: Again, I I would say it was a day of just I was just lounging around watching sports, and so earlier today as well. Not only did I watch the tennis, but I watched. Everton and I think it was Tottenham or Everton and Newcastle, one of these teams, and yeah. I just couldn't get over the midfield that both of these teams had. How many times they lost the ball? I yeah. like, these guys are like twenty six years old, twenty eight years old. Yeah, the way they could not hold on possession and Pedri just makes it look so simple against these yeah. players. And Sevilla is a really good team. You know, it's not just yeah. anyone at the bottom of the table. And so again, no. I re- I really liked your observation there of that he. His play shows leadership, right? Yeah. It's not so much the talking that he does, but his play shows leadership. And I think that's really important because today he was asked after the after the match, he did the interview with Movistar, and the reporter asked him, he said, are you a, a leader of this team now because of what you're doing out there? And he said, no, no, I'm still learning and doing all this. Stuff, but I'm telling you, it's it's one of those things where, you know, Players will gravitate to other players who yep. lead them like that in the major moments. You know, we're going to talk about today about our, our lack of scoring from the front three today. But again, Pedri was able to not only get the goal, but also to deliver on the passes that we need to do. A couple of times I thought he could have been more selfish to shoot the ball. Yeah. I think that's something that he's still trying to find. Because I think also, Troy, like, you know, we're still trying to find the most beautiful goal that we've ever created in our <laughs> whole lives, right? I mean, yes. we're still having an issue with that. And yeah. it's okay. It's okay yeah. to be selfish in the final third when we're yeah. trying to score a goal. And I think Pedri's still trying to figure out that. If Pedri just has a little bit more, I would say maybe like 5 to 10% more assassin in him, yeah. I think that's going to help uh, not only – Obviously, he's going to score more goals, but also that's going to alleviate some of the pressure that he can get and create with the, with the forward. So let's talk yeah. about the goal. But, like, the goal, you know, was just a thing where he just basically did a double pump fake. You know, he did a he, – he swerved to the left, stopped, went to the right, faked, kicked. Everyone slid, and he just found holes between legs and people, yep. and just figured out, and just hit a really nice shot on the lower left corner yeah. to beat the the goalkeeper for Sevilla, who was having an outstanding game up to yeah. that point. And again, you saw the reaction. I mean, did you see Dembélé's reaction to that goal, the way he threw him down to the thing, and <laughs> and also Chavi celebrating how how important this goal was? Because again, we're in second place, Troy, and and this goal was just this just adds to the highlight reel of Pedri.
0: Yeah, it's almost it's almost like like you said you know he's very unselfish so you know obviously at that point we had gone through the game it was still nil nil so it's almost like he just said okay that's long enough we've i've had enough and you know i'm going to take a look. i'm going to take a shot here it's all it, you it almost appeared it didn't appear like it, it this wasn't a shot where it was a ricochet or something bounced to him and he just happened to shoot it in like he did like 3 games ago he took that ball and he decided he was going to make these moves and then shoot it in. So um, that's what was so great about it. Like you, he he didn't look to make a pass. He was going to shoot that ball no matter what. So that's why it was fantastic. And um, yeah, speaking of like going to taking a step back where you're talking about, he's leading with this play, you know, we saw things from like, you know, obviously other players and you know, what I would see is Pedri's going full steam ahead pressing and then other guys are like, oh, he's pressing, so then we need to press too. So then their, their press is coming, you know, following his movement or whatever. And so that's, again, he's affecting the team. He's leading the team with his play. And then all of a sudden we see towards the end of the game there, Dembele goes and slide tackles. And I've never seen him do that in a game that he's played for Barcelona ever. Maybe he's done that previous and I just never saw it on video. But I even put in the chat, I'm like, where did that, where'd that come from? Like, we've never seen that before, like, from him. And so that play, it just – it goes through the whole team, you know. The things you do on the field just affect everybody. And somebody says, well, if he can do that, I can do that. Or if he's doing that, I should be doing that. So, again, without him barking orders, pointing, telling everybody else what to do, he's just leading by example and everyone else is following him. And, again, 19 years old doing it. So, Yeah, it's, it's incredible
1: because, I mean, yeah. just think about, you know, The other young under 20 year olds we've had in Barcelona's history in the last 15 years, and they've had moments of up and down. But the consistency to me is that's where it's at. And especially being a midfielder in one of the hardest tactical ways that you can do it. Right. I mean, it's not just we're not just doing counters where you can rely on your physical ability just to go north and south the way that pedri is able to balance himself make the correct passes like you said through leadership when i think of leadership like you said it like doing the little things not losing the ball creating uh, attacking uh, opportunities with your forwards and he's doing all that you know on a consistent basis it's it's now to the point now we expect that for every yeah. game now, you know, yeah. and that that's something that's incredible because now that alleviates some of the pressure from the front three because now you have another person aligned with this that we can count on to kind of get not only goals, but also to create those attacking spaces. So yeah. that's going to lead into my next topic here. You know, today we had more than 18 shots on goal. You know, today we the front three kind of looked, I would say, very passive today, even though yeah. even though they were trying to shoot. But again, to me, it's we have to find the right balance of crossing and shooting. And I thought today we were overzealous with the crossing. And, you know, I put here in our notes, is this something to worry about or is this just an outlier because Sevilla almost basically parked the bus today uh, for the most part. Uh, You know, they were just looking for the counters and they were trying to be more defensively sound than other teams that we've played in the recent weeks.
0: Yeah, no, for me, absolutely not anything to worry about whatsoever. I mean, we've been putting – We've been scoring you know, at will in the, you know, since we've really gotten on this fantastic run of game. So I'm not worried about it. Just came off of a break. You know how it usually is for teams. There's usually a little bit of a lull. It looked like Obama Yang might have been a little bit tired. He wasn't his normal flashy self in, in getting to those spaces. Uh, you're right. Dembele was really, you know, uh, they were forcing some of those crosses in there that they shouldn't have been going back to maybe being a little bit less, you know, taking some shots instead of trying to pass. There's a couple of ones that he had that he probably should have tried to take a shot on goal and he was trying to cross it. I understand what he's doing, you know, but you know, there's one where, I mean, he's like five feet in front of the net. And I'm like, why are you trying to cross into the middle when you could have tried to get in that bottom corner? But uh, for me, no, no way. I'm nothing to worry about Uh, for uh, Torres Yes, he has issues <laughs> with accuracy. Um, and I, uh, some games he's much, a little bit better, and today was not so much for him. But the thing with him, though, is uh, – and I put it in our, in our group chat – I really like how he works up there. He is always hustling. He's out – and again, um, is it not – you know, maybe they're not fancy plays that he's making, right? Is he not – you know, he's not nutmegging somebody. He's not – you know – He's not going to do like what Dembele does where, you know, he passes the ball and uses his speed to catch up to it and does a cross. You're not going to get that from Torres. But if you ever just sit there and watch him, he is always constantly moving. So what is happening is the defenders always have to account for where he's at. They cannot just – he's not just standing there waiting for a header to come or anything like that. He's always running around. And you always have to be careful because he has had some really good goals where a ball, you know – uh, you know, was bouncing around and he came and caught up to it and, and was able to score uh, or, or you know, there was a ricochet or something like that. And because of his work ethic, you know, he was able to put some in there. His shooting, <laughs> like 18 yards out, is not so good. Um, you know, and honestly, I don't know if you can teach anybody. It's like one of those things with players. It's they have it or they don't. So I think while he's a Barca player, we're just going to have to kind of deal with it, and maybe he can fine tune that a little bit. But I think that's I'm 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 assuming, and I think it'd probably be a good assumption and expectation that he's going to have like two or three missed shots per game. Now, <laughs> if we lose a game because there were some open open goals that he should have scored on, then he's going to feel the pressure, right? We we haven't lost a game in a, in a very long time, and like I said, we've been putting up goals. So the pressure hasn't been there. At some point in time, that's going to happen. It's so it's what is he doing to to ensure that he gets better? Um, but again, I think the whole front the whole front looked a little bit a little bit nonchalant about it today. I mean, they were playing hard. they it wasn't like they were walking or anything like that. But you could definitely tell, like I said in the in the beginning of going on my little spiel here, that it was a game that was coming off a break and they needed to, they needed to synchronize again.
1: Yeah, I mean, today, like I said, my sports Sunday, I remember the match today. It was West Ham-Everton. So it was like okay. the battle yeah. of relegation on the oh, NPL. Really? And West Ham has <laughs> a forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, it was during siesta time, so that also helped to uh, to, to to go in the siesta. But yeah. really, really quick, just to kind of give a comparison. Of you know, like an EPL striker. So I was watching, there's a striker on West Ham, Antonio, and we were joking around because he made some really bad plays where he could have tried, you know, at least maybe got a goal or whatnot. And we were looking up stats, my friend and I, as we always do. So Antonio, this forward from West Ham needs 32 opportunities to score one goal. Yeah. Yeah. and I'm not saying front Torres is at that clip I don't you know he's not at that clip <laughs> he's not far but... but he's not but yeah but the, yeah. but that's the thing is that like like you said first it has to be consistency on target right that's yep. the first thing you need to get on and what he's doing today like today especially you know he did the patented where he came on from the inside of the box and tried to curl it in yeah that needs to be closer to goal that needs to yeah. create a save from the keeper and because he has that opportunity at least once or twice a match right so yep. that's something he definitely needs to work on it is something you can't Work on Troy. You yes, can't definitely yeah. work on the on the shooting, because especially it's predictable of what's going to happen now with the matches. You know, since we are, since Ferran, Dembélé have more space on their sides, they can do those one or two moves a game and have those opportunities. The other thing too, like you said, the aiming. You know, there was a time when he came through the box and he just hit it straight to goal, and it's like, yeah, man, you're you're, you're a professional footballer. Like, go left or right yeah. just a little bit here. Let's let's get yeah. let's get this going. You know, but so like remember- you said.
0: He's a kid too still. So. I, know, I,
1: know, yep. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I don't want to harp too much, but at the same yeah. time, like those opportunities are, as a forward, you, you salivate, yeah. right? You yeah. salivate because you are just thinking about the back of the net. You want to hear it. You're, you're looking at it. The ball slows down, especially in the one where he came through. I thought for sure that he was going to hammer it home. I mean, yeah. look at the one he did in the classical, right, where he hits yeah. that perfect shot. So he has the idea, right? He knows yeah. the idea. The other thing too, like you said – I'm not too worried either because this is obviously coming back from international break. There's a lot of, you know, Sevilla is a really good opponent. The other thing too, think about we created our own luck today with the attack. 18 total shots. And I would say half of them were opportunities for goal, right? Like half of them were real clear opportunities. We didn't say this back in November. You know, no, we were saying no. maybe if they were 18, they were like barely 18 and they were lucky at two or three were real ones, right? They was just yeah. categorized as shots. So I definitely think like what we're seeing in these last matches against Real Madrid, Athletic Bilbao, Atletico Madrid, um, Sevilla. That now we are finally competing with the big boys you know we sure. are finally doing this and we've, we have sure. winning records against all of them since Chavez came back so again I'm not too worried but it's it's something you know we just need to get synchronized and guess what Troy they're going to have time because the gauntlet of games that's going to come I through know. right now is, is crazy it's not about the quality of each opponent that we're playing but it's the quantity of games that we're going to see yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for sure for yep. sure The next thing I want to kind of go through is just the, you know, let's talk about now the the defensive stability, right? Like you have here in our notes. Now, I just want to give you a quick stat here. Since February 27th, the Athletic Bill Bowl Match, we've played seven matches that are played, five clean sheets.
0: I know. So, okay. So I did my little homework assignment, right? So <laughs> I have all these notes. I have all these notes. Okay. Scribbled on, you know, I was writing down, I was, I was watching, watching these matches. And then what I did is I went and circled like the top items that, you know, that I saw that I thought were, what, what were we doing in that time period that we weren't doing previous to that? Or what did we do in those games that, You know, why did we lose those games compared to other games that we won? Okay, and especially in those big games after Pep left, it was the press. It was absolutely the press. And if you think about it, the press for us, if you want to characterize it, is almost like a midfield. The press for us leads to offensive opportunities and it leads to defensive stability okay and if you're not pressing which you've seen Barcelona do going back from we'll say previous to Xavi and I'll I'll go all the way back to right after Pep left let's go all the way back there yes you had the one year uh, with Tito and but that's a little bit different cuz that was all the same players fundamental you know what was there so we'll maybe we'll we'll bypass him but if you go back there is an absolute steady decline in that press. Nobody wanted to work hard. It was about that work ethic, about controlling that ball, and that is the biggest thing that is back now. And I, uh, we talked about it with Pedri. Pedri is not the only one that's doing Everyone's pressing right now. Everyone is pressing hard. And they're pr- and we saw it when Xavi came back, that press would go maybe first half, and then we'd go through that time period in the second half where they maybe they were a little bit tired and they would try to finish strong. Now, for the most part, that press is happening almost the whole entire game. But what it's doing for the defense, uh, we're talking specifically on the defense, we already know what's happening for the offense, right? We're not even letting them get on those transitions. And so what's happening is we're keeping the ball in our side, and that is what leads to 18 shots today. That press is what what caused that. But what's happening to the defense is if you are not allowing them to get into transition – or not allowing our defense to uh, to be put in those situations where our weaknesses can be brought to the top because we still I'm not saying that our defense is where it needs to be not at all we still need to bring in some signings and make that defense a little bit stronger but what's happening is you are giving that defense a buffer and so they're able to handle what's being thrown at them when we when we were not pressing. And all of the responsibility was falling on those defensive players, especially on when somebody had a – you know, parked the bus and had a heavy transition game on us. You saw what happened. Our defense was like Swiss cheese. They go right through it on set plays, on trans- on fast break transition plays. We just couldn't stop it, right? But now, now that they're pressing – these guys are even having troubles getting into a transition because our our players are pressing right on them and, and they're fighting for the ball within seconds of us losing it. So that press is, to me, if I had to go through all those notes and all those matches that I watched, is the single most important thing that we are doing now that we had not done uh, previous to Chavi. And obviously, like I said, it took a little bit to get there, but that is the most important thing for us going forward as well.
1: Yeah, I think that's a good point there because you know unfortunately in the last couple of seasons especially I don't want to I'm not just going to give the burden to Messi on this but Messi you know while he walked along and we've seen obviously with PSG this past season it transformed the team to not hustle on defense and on press and we've just seen it. it's a natural thing because Messi's doing so many other things right so he could do that away we were winning three to one you know this type of thing but like you said with this young team, these fresh legs, this is the way we have to do it. We have to use the press as a defensive tactic, yep. especially since we're still not the strongest defensive team. We saw Galatas, right? Our man marking and the corner kick is still not yeah. the best. And so we yep. still have moments like that. But like you said, I think that the huge point is that we are seeing press from the top three uh, attacking lines, you know, the midfield, everyone is pressing. So when everyone's pressing, there's no... Vulnerability where the other team can easily find holes to go the other way, right? And so we're limiting the counterattacks. That's one thing. I think yeah. the other thing too, Troy, is that we are pretty much completely healthy on the back line. And more yep. importantly, I think Arahu being more consistently playing back there because tonight he was a stud and he continues yep. to be a stud as well. Yeah. Just as I get so excited about Pedri, I'm just as excited with arahu yeah. and the consistency he continues. There was one play. I mean, I I never really get excited about defensive plays (laughs) because I was never a defensive player, so whatever. But today he had this one play where he, around Ocampos, took him to the corner, posted him up. Ocampos tried to take him on physically, and O'Rahu's like, no. That's not
0: happening. No, that's not happening. He took (laughs) it to
1: the line, and then he just kicked it off his shins for a goal kick. I was like, what? And he made it look so easy and smooth. And those are the things that are going on. And also, I think also with this press – we are, like you said, we are seeing less vulnerable plays against PK, who gets up the middle, and today PK even looked really fresh today out there, you know. Yeah. And yeah. and that's I think was also because the defense is not running back and forth as much as we used to under Kuman Just recently, when we were trying to not press and have the other teams run at us because we thought we were going to win 3-0 with Messi, for example. Yeah, And so yeah. I think I think you're right with that, especially with the timeline. Yeah. You know, I would also put in Luis Enrique had really good press, and that's why we won the Champions yeah. League, you know, that yep. season. But like you said, it, it pressing yeah. is a young man's game. Yep. it's That's just yeah. what it is. It's a young man's game. And so we are seeing with this team right now, because we are young and we are te- de- definitely one of the younger teams, that we can do this right now. And like you said, I think there's another t- a transition to that is that the fitness level of this team now is much, much higher. Yeah. So they are able to do it for 80 plus minutes where I, I totally agree with you that before they would hit the 50 minute marker and they start to die down a little bit. And then also yeah. the other team started countering, but now that's not happening. And you can see that because I mean, think about that five clean sheets in the last seven matches played. And that includes real Madrid, Sevilla, right. Yeah. Uh a europa league games in there as well so these are these aren't just you know uh lower league table teams you know so these yeah. are really really great results couple things before we 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 close off tonight's episode the wing play i think maybe uh, Craig mentioned to, her, to us in the, in the group today that Danny Alves and I didn't look the best. Tonight. He looked yeah. like a Sunday league tonight. And I joked <laughs> around with my friend today where he got fouled, you know, where he got fouled and the player, like, uh, basically ran him over. Yeah, I said, that's a play where Danny Alves is on the ground. He said, man, I wish I was in Sao Paulo right now enjoying a cappuccino right now, you know, that, <laughs> that type of play. Yes, Is the wing play something that we need to look at? Uh, I know Sergino Des is still coming off of injury, but... There is something to maybe having O'Rahu on the right wing. I don't know if that's something that we should try to push forward because Danny Alves, I think, is a better as a spot starter as opposed to a consistent starter. And as we yeah. saw in the classical, having Orahu and Eric Garcia getting more playing time, maybe that might be the thing. But also Jordi Alba, man. Like he's still just there's this game like tonight where His passing is his center passing is so predictable and it just drives me crazy. My friend, who's not a Barca fan, kept saying Jordi Alba pass to the center, pass Pass, to the center, pass. You know, it's like this. But let's let's take a look at the situation. Do you think O'Rahu should play more right right wing or right back as the strongest starting eleven?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. So two things. So let me answer first. Let me go to what you're talking about on that predictability. So. I think that it's good to have guys that can move around based on who you're playing, you know, positional playing. You know, if if somebody has a strong, you know, forward, okay, then you look and see what should your best setup be, right? On that game that we played against Madrid and Araujo Araujo went to the back, okay, so he was out there to play against Venetia. So the best-case scenario is, is that you have a back four that you can rotate around Again, to put yourself in that best position possible. So that's on the defensive side, but also on the offensive side. So you, what you're talking about that predictability with Elba. Well, if you can if you can change things up, right? So we've talked about this a, a, along the way, where it seems like I, and you've said it um, a, a many times. I wonder if Barca watches game tape, or game film, because it just seems like they don't do anything positional wise to you know give themselves a leg up against the competition. So you could use that back for to help, right? So if somebody, if you need those, you know those wingers, those the right back and left back to come up and and they can give you a better positional play uh, because of who they are and 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 who who you're playing there, then we need to do that. So I, I guess the answer to what you're asking me is yes, Araujo could play out there, but I also you know Dest was playing pretty well before he got injured as well, much better than he had been. So. He, uh, I know, and but I know they're talking about him and you know being offered up here at the end of the year. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. But um, that's what I think that we should do with that back four. We should use those and intertwine them and and move them around to uh, giving us the best chance of who we're playing against.
1: To me, I want uh, more depth on those those yeah. left and right to push yeah. for Jordy Alba because I I don't want to see Jordi Alba being the outright starter. I want him to no get stressed out of making mistakes and knowing that there's someone pushing him. To, to yeah. me, that's more sexy than bringing a high-priced free agent who's going to score. Because right yeah. now, to me, I, I look at the depth of the team and I think that's the one thing that we're still kind of lacking because if we're still... Depending on yep. Danny Alves and Jordi Alves being our outright starter, we we need to do something there in the offseason to address that. So again, we'll, we'll see what happens. But again, I you have a good point there. You know, having the flexibility going from match to match, we can get away with Orahu playing up the center. More importantly, get away with Danny Alves playing not that great and getting three points against Sevilla. Yeah. So yeah. those are the things that we have to look at as
0: well. And I and I think in all these uh, transfer rumors, you're kind of seeing Barcelona. Preparing for a couple things that we've been talking about here. Preparing to um, bring in players for that back line, and what they're kind of looking at, and and this might maybe is my gut or from what I'm sensing is some of these players that they are talking about in our group chat where they're you know will say well they don't have the Barca DNA so they can't play you know I think Chavi is saying get me these athletic guys and I will teach them the Barca style okay I will teach them. But what we need first and foremost is guys that know how to play those positions and then we'll worry about our style. Okay. So that's, that's pretty important. So some of those players that they've talked about, we've in our group chat, I've said, Oh, they'd be a good fit. And some of those players we've said, why are they even looking at them? They're not going to be a good fit, but on their teams they are pretty good. You know, they're pretty, Rudiger's a really good, (laughs) a really good defensive player for Chelsea. Okay. And so, again, in the the group chat, half of the people that were saying, "Oh, we can't, we don't don't want that guy. And half are saying, oh, he's really good. Uh, So I think we're going to see a different, I guess, philosophy in in the way that Barcelona is looking at bringing in some players, uh, especially on that defensive side. Um, And I think it's, like I said, it's going to be based on that. We'll we'll teach them the Barca style. We got to get guys that can play the defense first. And again, hopefully, I'm with you. Instead of signing Holland... I would rather shore up that back four. I would rather have a. I would rather have a fantastic four on that back line that we can count on. And again, going back to my previous comments, so we can switch around and have that flexibility to play where we need them. And then, and then continue in building this team uh, around that. Around what I've been talking about this whole uh, podcast is around that press. We have to have you know hardworking players on this team. And that's kind of been the message that's been you know put out here in social media uh, during this break as well. There was obviously these rumors of Messi coming back, which is, I think in my um, in my opinion have been totally squashed, absolutely squashed. Even Laporta came out and said that's not the we need players that are going to come and work hard. Okay, there's been these comments of talking about you know the work ethic of players, and so I, I think that from the top down. Uh, meaning the top being Laporta in the in the front office folks, all the way down to what Chavi wants. I think there's a complete total understanding that we want the players, again, young players that can go the full 90 minutes if they need to be, and that are going to work hard the whole entire game. And we don't need flat, you know, to spend 100 million dollars on a transfer fee for a guy who can, you know, for Holland or Mbappe or whomever. Uh, let's go for that team environment versus superstar. I think that's what I think that's what they're the direction they're going. Yeah, I,
1: we're on the same page as this. I just we, yeah. we, we're not in a financial means to pay, play a player more than two hundred million and go through the same fiasco no. we did, you know, with Coutinho and Dembele with that type of salary no. that we're looking at yeah. to one player, you know. No. So we're we're in agreement with that. Again, uh, to me, like with with the players, the defensive, I you know, obviously, I want to focus on players. Who are cost effective, who are going to upgrade our team, but also to me, they want to learn how to play the Barca style. That's why, yeah. I, you know, to me, I get more excited about these La Liga prospects that we look at as opposed to Rudiger. Rudiger's a good player. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player, yeah. solid defensively, but I would just get more excited if we're like, the rumor was like, oh, center back from. I'm just throwing a team out there. I'd say yeah. you know, I don't know, uh, I don't know Sevilla or something like that. Like the Conde yeah. guy, right? If he was younger, yeah. or cheaper, I'd be like, yes, that's the guy I would like to bring yeah. in because of his pedigree. That to me gets me excited. But again, like you said, it's a, it's a team aspect as opposed to the one. And like you said, Chavi's just doing a great job of just making everyone accountable and everyone just pulling on the same rope at the same time. That's what you get. You know, it's just teamwork yep. is what's what's going on. Last thing I kind of want to finish off with is. This idea that we're in second place, you know, I'm looking at the, the the La Liga table on Google, and I don't know if you ever look at it, but they always have the last five matches played yeah. by the team. And they have, obviously, green for a win, red for a loss, and gray for a tie. Yep. Barcelona's last five is just green, 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 yes. green, right? I mean, it's it's such a beautiful <laughs> thing to look at, right? Yep. And the most important thing. Second place, Troy. I mean, it's second place with 57 points. Obviously, Atletico are playing really well uh, as of late because they finally realized that Joe Felix is a good player. Wow. Yeah. Amazing news. (laughs) But the other thing, too, you know, I just want to kind of go back in in time here is that October 17th, ninth place, Mm. you know, and that was still under Koeman where we were still kind of, what's going to happen with this team? Are we even going to qualify for champions? Just – as recent as January 25th, we were 35 points in fifth place, but even then, it still felt like, you know, Chavi was just getting on board and everything, and we were we were still trying to figure out what was going to happen, and now, to come full circle now, and again, Troy, I just I was just looking at the schedule right now, ever since the Atlético match back in January, it's just, it's incredible the performance that we're getting, and like you said, the team has improved steadily through fitness, through defense and stuff, but man, it's something to think about where we were back in october yeah. november to even think about this position and more importantly just to see the transition of the team going through these last 3 months and most importantly now when you see it on paper second place with 57 points it's it's pretty incredible what chavis done in the yeah. last 3 months
0: it is and you know there's a couple obviously we know what he's doing. We're seeing the changes that have been made. One of the biggest things that we haven't we didn't talk about today, and I'm not sure if it's ever been brought up on any of the podcasts, is the fact that if you watch the body language of these players, they are really enjoying the team right now. They are really enjoying playing. I just happened to go back last week and watch, like, our third game of the season under Kumin this year. Nobody was smiling. Nobody was smiling. Nobody was enjoying themselves. Nobody was having fun. It was the beginning of the year. It was the beginning of the season. Everybody, almost every team on the planet that starts the season, the guys are usually smiling and, and having fun because it's the beginning of the season. But we looked like an absolute dead team at that point already. And I know you've said it a million times, and you're probably getting ready to say it again. I wish that, that Laporta would have brought Chavi in on the summer. <laughs> I can hear it in the back of my – and yeah, he, yeah I, I – Hindsight, I wish he would have as well because, because I'll tell you what, that deficit, if there would be a deficit between us and Madrid, would probably not be there. But I'll go and I'm going to – okay. So the last time I did this, I was pretty successful in my – in what I said Barcelona was going to do. And I'm going to go ahead and I'll go on paper or go on recording here and say we are going to fight for the title of La Liga. I think – I – fully believe that we can be there at the end and it might come down to those last matches. And we could have a chance at taking the title this year.
1: Big words. I'm not, I'm not going to say words. anything. I'm going to, I'm not going to say anything more about the, my chubby thing for the beginning of the year. Cause I, you yeah. know, you know, yeah, you, know how you I beat feel. that. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it, I just, again, you're right. It's, it's all about mm-hmm. body language. It's about fighting for each other, especially in sports. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've been watching sports my whole life and I, and I know what it takes To be a great team a good team a bad team a terrible team you know i've seen the whole gauntlet with all my my teams obviously if you follow a team for more than 20 years you're going to have the gauntlet of of experiences great experiences bad experiences and it always is true with every winning team or team that wants to to fight for something is all about chemistry for the most part right it's about chemistry do you like this person do you want to do that thing with that person do I want to play defense for this person? Like little things like right. this, right? And we're seeing that with this team. So that to me is is a great sign. But again, Troy, I was just, you know, seeing the second place is something I didn't I just didn't think was going to happen this season. You know, yeah. I thought it was going to be us clawing, clawing, clawing just to get to fourth. And obviously with Chavi's with determination, coaching, tactical work, and just everything that he's brought has really transformed the team. And like you see, like just look at the goal celebration. We were not seeing that back no. in November with kumin you know we were just kind of mm-hmm. like
0: <laughs> high five well, and move on you know that's uh, yeah yeah I mean so- sometimes you would because he because Kuman had made the like a we're a victim type atmosphere do you know what I mean so it almost seemed like the player you know the players but you know we're c- trying to rally I- internally but it just wasn't the environment to do so now it's just pure excitement it's just like like you just said they are they are willing. To do what Chavi asked them to do, they are willing to go in and put in the work. And if you can get Usman Dembele to slide tackle a guy for a steal at like what what was it? Eighties no, probably eightieth minute, maybe something like that, very in the final third of the game when we're winning one to nothing and really he really didn't have to do that knowing that he's probably gonna leave. If you can do that, then you're a coach that was motivated your team for the for the ultimate results. And so um I'll, I'll, like I said, I think that we will fight for it. I think Madrid's in trouble. I mean, they, they needed big-time ref help yesterday to, to win that game. <laughs> they looked horrible. Uh, and their coach's substitution record is – I have no idea what he does half the time. I don't watch their games uh, often, but the games that I have watched because you know Barcelona hasn't played yet or whatever, and I just turn it on just to have a game in the background and I'll hear these subs coming in. Well, you saw what he did against Barcelona. Those subs were atrocious, man. And so that's what he's – I think he's – that team is slipping right now. They, he's starting to lose that locker room a little bit, I think, uh, based on the subs and, and what's going on. So, like I said, we will fight for the title by the time this year's over. We'll be up there.
1: Yeah, we, we will see. We will see. I, again, I Well, think... we have a
0: game in hand, right? We have yeah, a game yeah, in we hand.
1: Have, we have a game in hand. And also, you know, if – uh, Madrid loses in the Champions League that's going to knock their confidence as well you yes. know, this this week yeah. is obviously getting back to midweek uh, matches obviously with Champions League and Europa League uh, Barcelona head to Frankfurt on Thursday night it's, again yep. like we said it's going to be a complicated gauntlet for the next two weeks again they they play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday Sunday so it's going to be a quick turnaround with recovery Hopefully, you know, like I was telling Mariana on Friday, thank God Frankfurt is a big airport. So they can go <laughs> directly to that airport, which is yeah. good. They're you know, always looking at the positives with that. But again, yeah. it's something to look forward to. It's a, you know, it's a huge match because we want to advance through the Europa League, especially the way Barcelona is playing. I want to see this team play now. I get excited yeah. again, you know, to watch, watch them play. Uh, you know, again, I, really good test tonight. Again, uh, You know, we were predicting four-nothing type of thing, especially coming off the classico. But again, I think this was a really well fought three points, you know, coming off the international break. And again, the results are what we're looking for. And sometimes it may not be the prettiest game and just getting those three points, like we said, to fight, survive and advance, as I always say. Sometimes you have to do that. And and that's what tonight's match was. Really quick, Troy, we have 48 days until we head to Barcelona to the Real match. So really sure. excited to meet you in person. Finally, obviously yes. we also have some other patrons and we're going to have events and more news is to come with that, but 48 days really quick to Barcelona. So really excited for that. And on top of that, you know, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I keep you to your word about to see how Barcelona will fight for this. I, I'm I'm in agreement with you. I think Michigan yeah. are going to slip because they have a small bench and Ancelotti doesn't trust what he has there. But I think a lot of things yeah. can go on. And like I said, the confidence, if they lose the first leg this week, you know, against uh who are they playing? I totally forgot right now.
0: I totally second. forgot too, but I didn't I know they're not going to win, so <laughs> <laughs> Let's
1: See so again real madrid played this week against chelsea and so that's going to be yeah. a difficult match as we as we know is a really great team and again uh a lot of things can happen we saw what what has been able to do in the last two months you know so the, yes. the opposite can happen to real madrid we're hoping for that again i just want to see continue to see this consistency uh troy thanks for joining me as always uh, we'll talk soon of
0: course bye-bye <laughs>